We could literally tell you the things that we didn't do, the holidays we didn't go mm. on or the cars we didn't buy or mm. the extensions we didn't build or whatever to give to this yeah. building. And look what God has done. It's way better than another holiday or yeah. a second car yeah. or a whatever. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. such an amazing thing to have been part yeah. of that. Hello and welcome to the Cornerstone Nottingham 10 Years of Thankfulness podcast. I'm Phil Moore and in this episode we're going to be exploring family ministries at Cornerstone Church, giving thanks for the last 10 years and the opportunities that being in our church building have given us to reach out, to disciple our families and I'm delighted today to be joined by Catherine Jackson who is a director of ministries working with families at Cornerstone. Is that the right title Catherine? Uh, my title is a director of ministries, but I think the kind of what comes after is a bit loose. My title's the same. I think people think that I'm in charge, which yeah. I'm really not. It's quite deceptive, <laughs> isn't it? Catherine, tell us about yourself, your role, how God led you to Cornerstone Church. Well, I have been coming to Cornerstone for 20 years, so it's like my double decade anniversary of worshipping at Cornerstone. Um, I came 20 years ago when I graduated. I came here to do a PGCE to train to be a history teacher. I think at that point I thought maybe I was coming for that year to train but 20 years later here I am. Had 11 years as a history teacher in a local secondary school which I loved and for the last eight years I've been on staff here. I'm married to JJ and we have two children and the recent addition of a puppy who's making life very exciting. So today we're talking about family ministries. Uh, you're on staff. I realise, like with, I guess, a lot of people on staff at Cornerstone, uh, family ministry is probably one slice of the pie. It's a pretty big slice of the pie for what you do. What does that actually look like throughout your week? Uh, well, I guess I oversee a lot of ministries. It doesn't mean I'm necessarily there at all of them. But for example, on Mondays, we have a group of fellowship for mums with preschool aged children. I go to that once a month and do a little bit of input for them on parenting as Christians. But it's kind of supervise that when I'm not there as well, if that makes sense. Line manage it. That's a bit technical, but yeah. you, know what, you know what I mean? Uh, we run a Tots and Toys group on Thursdays, which is a toddler group. Um, evangelistic open for loads and loads of different people to come again a fab team of volunteers actually kind of lead that but I guess I again supervise it a bit steer the direction yeah. a little bit and dip in and out of that we're actually set up for that right now we the are. staff team this is it was Tuesday we're we recording this on a Tuesday and uh, we we spent some time this morning actually I missed it this morning very sorry Phil, Catherine. Phil. <laughs> I know it was a wee bit late but a uh, great team kind of come in and, and set this up and, and most of our staff team involved with that as well so around us there's lots of toys in the auditorium which are probably neatly disguised if you're watching on video by some banners but um, it is ready for the children to come in as well but you were around when we built this building mm -hmm. and uh, that was 10 years ago now that we moved in here what are some of your memories about that season during the building project I was just absolutely buzzing with excitement the mm. whole time and yes. I remember walking in for the first Sunday when we opened for a huge celebratory service and just like being absolutely blown away by what her, God had done and it, you know it's really exciting because all of us have been around that length of time I think we can we could literally tell you the things that we didn't do the holidays we didn't go mm. on or the cars we didn't buy or mm. the extensions we didn't build or whatever to give to this yeah. building and look what God has done. It's way better than another holiday or yeah. a second car yeah. or a whatever. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. such an amazing thing to have been part yeah. of that. I was pregnant with my son at that point as well. And I remember just sitting there thinking, this is the church my kids are going to grow up in. Mm. Thank you, Lord. It's mm. so exciting. Did you feel like you knew at that point that you were kind of, 
you know, you, you thought initially you were going to come to Cornerstone for a year and then move away, but you guys had kind of put down roots and this was going to be yeah. where you wanted to be to raise yeah. your family. Yeah, I think we've always had quite a strong sense that we're not called to overseas mission, yeah. but probably that we are called to this city and actually to this church. I yeah. think, I mean, I hope most people feel this about their church, but I love this church yeah. and it's home and I think we're called to whether that's on the staff team or not, to serve and to minister and to be yeah. part of this for a long time. Yeah. But God's plan for you was to lead you out of, um, I guess, teaching in the kind mm-hmm. of secular sense and I guess through those family years of young family and everything else, but onto the Cornerstone mm-hmm. staff team. What what did that journey look like for you? And, you know, is that something that you thought was going to happen or was, did it surprise you? So I, I've been reflecting on this as I was doing my hair this morning. It's kind of time when I reflect on things. And I was thinking, I think probably um, I've always had in my adult years a twin track running. I still, I just love schools. I'm quite involved in my kids' primary school. Mm. I love schools. I love churches. I love families. And so I've probably always had these twin tracks of loving education mm. and loving church. And for this season, I think I'm called to work in the church context whether it'll ever flip back I don't know but it was always there the two tracks were always rumbling so as a student I I didn't I didn't study here in Nottingham but I remember um, the minister at church I went to saying I think you'll end up in full-time ministry like that was always kind of being drip fed in I flirted with the idea of UCCF staff worker at one point they were desperate here in Nottingham and I had some chats with UCCF um, but it didn't seem like the right time Mm. so I think I love the church. It's great to serve it. But I love schools. I love families. Exactly where God wants me at each point in those things. Mm, mm, That's mm. up to him, kind of. Yeah, great. So you kind of pushed the door. There was an application process. You kind of got the job here. You ended up on the team. I think that there was, when I joined the team, it felt like there was a bit of a kind of, I wonder what's what it's really like. You know, I wonder what it's like behind the scenes. You know, were, were, what were your initial reflections when you came onto the team? You know, be as honest as you'd like to be. Uh, you, what you observed as you started this role on staff here? Well, I remember that one of the first things John said to me was, he was like, you're a really efficient person. You, know, you kind of chaired lots of meetings yeah. in your in your previous role. Um, he said, you're just going to think our meetings are a car crash. <laughs> and he wasn't wrong. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. <laughs> um, but kind of bit by bit, he's given me a bit more control over those, which, yeah. you know, helps me. <laughs> yeah. I think people think we're super slick at Cornerstone. You know, we've got a nice building, which is true. Like we're very thankful for it. But that gives maybe the wrong impression about I the reality. Did also, <laughs> I promised my husband I wasn't going to speak the first day. Okay, so the first day I ever worked here, John was like, "We're going to go on a tour of the building and we're going to look yeah. around the building and evaluate its use." And I'd promised my husband I won't speak. Like, I've got so many things I want to say, but it's my first day. Yeah. I got about fifteen minutes into that, and the floodgates opened, and I was like, "Here, John, yeah. here's the yeah. list. Yes. Here's the list of things." <laughs> it's okay to have opinions, Catherine. That's allowed, and you know, it's okay that you could do that what do you think were some of your kind of priorities what, what what was it that you wanted to do as you kind of started off in the great role? question I think this remains still the priority mm. and I think this is probably the priority for anybody in a kind of similar role to me in any church which is that it can be really tempting in a church with a big successful children's work and youth work to think that discipling children's all about what happens on a Sunday or perhaps a Friday yeah. evening 
And I think we're in a constant kind of battle against the slightly consumerist attitude about children's yeah. work and youth work and things. And what I just long parent for long for parents to see is you are the chief disciple makers of yeah, your children. Yeah. I think it about schools too. Your school is not the chief educator of your child. You mm. are parents. Mm. You are the people that God ordained to raise these children. And it is your task. And yes, you enlist some support from your school or from uh, with their education you enlist some support from your church on Sunday mornings to teach them the Bible but really it's your job and I just long for parents to feel brave enough and equipped enough Mm. and not Mm. frightened Mm. to talk to their children about Jesus because I think if we have an attitude that church is where we learn about Jesus and it's yeah. just on Sundays that's yeah. a, actually a tiny fragment of their week yeah. and then I think if you know you see mum and dad come to church but that's kind of undermined the rest of the week because mm. they don't seem that bothered in G- about Jesus the rest of the week then I don't think that's great for a car, you know kid's view of, of what it is to love Jesus and mm. to want to worship him with your whole life mm. so it's this constant kind of just seeking to reassure parents you may feel you're rubbish at this you may have stuffed this up massively you are still the people that have been chosen to raise your child and to teach them about Jesus and that means modeling for them when you stuff up as much as modeling for them the Mm, days when mm. you can see answered prayers so I don't think that's changed Mm. I think it's it's constantly throwing it back into the parents courts and saying let us help you with this be brave, be brave. You've got this, guys. You're the people. Yeah. You're the people yeah. God chose to raise your children, and yeah. it's your faith that that is really going to be significant to them. So, how, what did that look like? So, where where did you have an, an opportunity to kind of model some of those things? I appreciate things have changed yeah. somewhat over the years, but and I think it's, it's fair to say. I'm not doing a perfect job of this. There's yeah. way. This is like how long is a piece of string kind yes. of job. I yeah. could do so much more. So cornerstone parents who are sitting there thinking, well, she's rubbish at that. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the kind of things I have tried to do is uh, my husband and I have um, couples around when they're expecting their first child. Yeah. Yeah. And we just talk to them about creating space for um, having a baby. We talk about, you know, you are the chief disciple makers. What's mm. the culture you're going to want in your home? How are you going to keep Jesus central? Mm. And it's trying to be a bit preemptive and get in there before they've even had the baby. Yeah. And say, have these conversations. Yeah. And, you know, it's not a... It's not a rule-based thing. It's not like I'm going to parents and saying, you must read to your child about Jesus for five minutes when they're a year and 10 minutes when they're three years and da-da-da-da. Families are not... They don't work like that, do they? It's a wisdom thing. It's a craft yeah. thing. And it's an art, I think. Running a good family is an art, not a science. Answer the questions yeah, that come up. You know, absolutely. They, they go to school, they come back with a bunch of things that, you know, like, what about this? You know, how was how, how was the world yeah. made? You know, what do we think about science and, you know, relationships and everything else that's yeah. being hammered in our culture? Yeah. And that that's hugely hard. And, you know, I know that we as a family have been really um, thankful for, for what you've done. Also in kind of some difficult times with, like, you know, through lockdown, things looked quite diff- different then. Tell us a little bit what we did then, because it was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, I basically spent lockdown tidying up my children's playroom so I could record videos in there <laughs> of me being absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, I'm grateful that season's behind us, but yes. I think it was the right thing for the right time. Yeah. Um, I just think 
I felt really early on that families were going to really struggle to watch a whole traditional cornerstone service with their kids online that that was going to be tough and so I wanted to put on something for families to do and then if their kids dipped in in and out of the other service brilliant but something where families kind of got together and watched something that was a bit more fun made something did something together so yeah we did a lot of there was a there's a lot of me on YouTube too many hours with like progressively longer hair yes yes (laughs) and what was the holiday club called the superhero superhero academy that was fun yeah that was fun yeah that was great some of our family up in Scotland loved that they came to Cornerstone (laughs) they were like it's Elastigirl there she is I was was tea lady you're getting me mixed up with the incredible Sarah I mean obviously who was the one with the stretchy arms who was doing that was that oh, Catherine? Catherine Russell yes. had amazing stretchy arms yeah <laughs> I think she was called Arm Girl Arm Girl Elastigirl in, is oh, in right. the Incredibles that, that's copyrighted sorry yeah, we yeah. need to take that out <laughs> chop that out from the edit there Joel yeah <laughs> very good but as you kind of look now at at, at at the ministry you reflect on the last 10 years and you know how long have you been on staff is it eight, eight, years. eight years so most of that time you've been kind of you know at the at the, at the cool face kind of very much involved in this. What are some of the highlights for you as you look back on God's faithfulness? Oh, it's so hard not to cry, isn't it? I think... (laughs) (laughs) That's allowed. (laughs) I think just when you see children and families walk faithfully with Jesus Mm. through challenge, whether that's just the challenge of being a teenager, whether that's the challenge of bereavement... I mean, it's just, and and you take loads of credit for this because you're youth, but when you see kids come back who've grown up at Cornerstone mm, and mm. they're here back in their uni break or whatever, and you think, I know some of their story yeah. and they're still walking with Jesus. Yeah. Like, or you, yeah, you chat to a mum and dad and they say, you know, that time you came along and said that, that did change something. Yeah. It's just so great. Yeah. It's and just it's great. So great. We're just a link in the chain, aren't we? And we can see that actually there are other links. And one of those links is, you know, what happens at home mm-hmm. and the culture of kind of primary disciple makers. You know, some of those links start off very early, you know, yeah. in the prayers before they were born, in the yeah. crash, in the, you know, the, the holiday clubs, singing the songs, learning, just learning the truth yeah. of God's words at a young age. And then, kind of being able to apply that to some of those situations yeah. later on and you know you know I often talk to families who's maybe young people you know maybe who who aren't kind of trusting in the yeah. Lord at the minute and that's really hard yeah, isn't so it hard. Heartbreaking. And you kind of think well the 18 years or whatever of them growing up in church that's not wasted time that you know there, there is this kind of cumulative effect yeah. I think of just sitting under God's word hearing it and we just don't know the end of those stories yet yes, we absolutely. just don't know the end of those stories yet and we we know a good god and we know a kind god mm. and I, yeah i just let's just wait and see let's just wait and see the rest of those stories unfold mm. and i think mm. god is good it's good fuel for prayer isn't it absolutely yeah any other joys as you look back well i was just reflecting it's just a joy isn't it to be allowed into people's lives and to see them sometimes at their most vulnerable um you know whether that's a woman struggling with postnatal depression or whatever it is but i just it is a privilege to be allowed into people's lives so i'm thinking about conversations i've had recently someone who just wanted a chat to say you know what stage would you start reading the Bible with your kids? I mean, I'd say while they're in the womb. But, (laughs) but, you know, let's get doing this. Let's get praying with our kids, asking for tips on that. Um, 
what a privilege what a yeah. joy people asking how you structure your life how many yeah. hours do you work do you think that works for you yeah. my husband's role looks like this what do you th- what do you think it's yeah. just a such a privilege to be permitted to be part of that conversation yeah. a couple the other day we were chatting to who are thinking about homeschooling that's not the route we went down but i can see there's a yeah. a biblical argument for it what a privilege to be in that conversation yeah. with them as they're thinking about how they they want to raise their children so just what a blessing or when someone messages you and they say i've just listened to a faith in kids podcast and it really yeah. encouraged me and i think yeah that's a parent listening to yeah. some brilliant stuff from a brilliant organization yeah. about parenting yeah i joy. think most of the time you know i don't know as a, as a church leader i think what we need to just do is encourage people in what they're doing because you know yes there's a place for correction and challenge but I think most of the time, isn't it true that parents just need to hear the, yep. well done, keep going, yep. keep going, yep. just keep the simple things, yep. you know, bringing God's word into family yep. life and just keeping the conversation and those lines of communication yep. open. 100%. And I think we we are parenting in a really tough climate, yeah. a really tough climate. So I listened to someone really wise who said to me, don't ever assume you understand what it's like to be a teenager in 2022. You don't. Catherine, yeah. you were a teenager in like the 1990s. You have no idea what it's like to be a teenager. Feels like the 1890s sometimes. <laughs> That's you, Phil, you're talking about, right? Um, <laughs> but, but I think also, like parenting is different now yeah. to when my parents did it and when their parents did it. And it's tough mm-hmm. and it's okay to stand back and say, you know what? Navigating this world of social media, that's a new thing. Yeah. The generation ahead of me yeah. didn't, do it or actually my kids are finding content online that is so unhelpful that this is this is hard and we are doing a great job as parents if we're ever sitting down and eating with our children or going for a walk with our children and just talking and engaging with them and I just don't think we can underestimate how tough it is right now Mm. to parent in this climate Mm. and Mm. so much you know, so much anxiety over the last few years. COVID, such a hard time for families. Such a hard time for families. We saw people that we just, you know, love so dearly that we'd use the word to, you know, robust to describe, really crumbling under the strains on family pressure in that time. So well done, well done for Mm. keeping going. Mm. And, Mm. you know, in the face of the cost of living crisis, well done for keeping going, keep Mm. parenting, keep loving, Mm. keep talking keep coming to church yeah you've you've kind of pointed out already just some of the kind of challenges there of kind of the culture and the situation we've been in over the last few years as you look back in the last 10 years have have there been any particular kind of low lights or major challenges which you haven't mentioned already I mean COVID was the really big thing wasn't it and I just I remember sitting in a meeting with you, Phil, and I think I used a phrase that was quite, quite big. I'm prone to that sometimes. And I said something like, there's going to be a tsunami of mental health yeah. problems. And yeah. where are we going to be? And how are we going to pick up this tsunami of mental health problems? And I do think in some ways we're seeing some of that. Mm. I think mm. it was a really tough window. And I think it was really tough for marriages Mm. and I think for people to come out of that crisis mode and regroup in a Mm. marriage and say yeah we kind of it was just heads down it was just doing the next thing the next Mm. thing the next thing for so long but we need to regroup as a couple and things like that so I think Covid was it was giant wasn't it it was giant Um, but we live in a we live in a culture where our worldview is 
just miles away from the prevailing worldview yeah. as well. And it's really, it's really hard to parent into that. I was, um, I was talking to one of our teenagers um, on Sunday and we were talking about how her life feels like it's lived in two different realms. Mm. So, so there's mm. the church and the home realm, which is believes there's a creator, believes there are boundaries, yeah. believes there's order. And then there's the rest of the world that says there's no creator, there's no boundaries, there's no order. Yeah. And the two worlds are so completely different mm. that she feels like she flits from these two different mm. worlds. And we were just talking about the strain of that. And I think parents, we just have to create such a safe space for our children at home where they can bring in that different world that they're living in and talk about it mm. in our world mm. and say, we know, we know it's really hard and yeah. we're praying for you in it. And yeah, don't worry that you didn't stand up enough for Jesus in that context. I don't know if I would have either. Sure. It's scary. Come back and regroup. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think our kids are living with a kind of moral tension mm. all the time. So they live in our world, the church world, the christian family world where there's yeah. one moral code and then there's another moral code out there and there is a tension that they feel quite deep within them yeah. so i think we just have to make space for that and talk to them a lot about it mm. and love them through that and say we find it hard too yeah and we and we really want church to feel like that safe place as well yeah. you know for our families for our children yeah. for our young people um how have you seen over the last 10 years maybe that that god has 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 used this building to shape what we've done do you think how, how how do you think it's looked differently because of of having a space to meet rather than kind of setting up and packing down church each week what's happened there i mean the huge one we have already talked about is tots and toys yeah. we just did not have a toddler group 10 yeah. years ago because there was a school in the building yes. and, you know, they were teaching lessons and inconvenient stuff yeah. like that on Thursdays. Yeah. So we now have this huge toddler group. It began in our crash space. It moved into our small auditorium. It's now in our main auditorium yeah. and it's, it's huge. And I, I think every week I really want these people to hear the good news of Jesus. Mm. And so we have a story every week and we sing Christian songs every week. We're really averse. You're going to come and you're going to hear the Bible <laughs> and no kid leaves without a copy of the Jesus story Bible. Yeah. But I think, you know, even even aside from that, and that is my big prayer, this place is just wholesome and safe and warm and what an oasis mm. and a break in a world that is often not that for yeah. people to come in and have an arm put around them and a coffee put in their hand and to be allowed to cry. Yeah. And, you know, what... Yeah, I, I praise the Lord for this space yeah. and for the army of people who run tots and toys here yeah. um there are other things we've done holiday clubs you know there are other yeah. things but yeah that's the really that's big, big one highlight. Catherine thank you for your time one last question if you don't mind um what is your prayer uh, I'm asking everyone this actually <laughs> what is your prayer as you look ahead to the next 10 years I'm gonna steal from Peter Lewis it's Go always on. a good thing to do isn't it <laughs> I think my prayer is that I would walk more closely with Jesus mm always mm. and therefore that I would discern what is best to do in situations so how long do I keep doing this job yeah. do we tag someone else in sure. as the landscape shifts and who who knows what politically is going to happen like I mean the world's 
bonkers at the moment. <laughs> I don't think I can predict where things are going to be yeah. in the next 10 years, but that I would always be able to discern what is best. And I think you only do that if you're walking with Jesus, don't you? So, Absolutely. yeah. Well, let me pray now. I'd love to pray for those things and our families' ministries at the church. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you so much for all of the, the families that you have brought to Cornerstone. Uh, thank you that you know them and you love them and that they are precious to you, every single person. And uh, we, we, we pray that, that this would be a church where people really do feel safe, safe to meet with you, safe to meet with one another, to grow relationships which are precious. Uh, that we pray that, that children and young people and parents and single people and everyone would find that this is a place where they are fed, where they can come and find their place, where they can serve you and where they can be equipped to live for you in, in all of the, uh, the unknowns of this world, all of the fragilities of life. And Lord, that this would be a place where people grow in the love and the knowledge of Jesus. And we pray that for Catherine, and we pray that for each one of ourselves, one of, one, of, one of us, that we would walk more closely with you each day. In Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Amen.